Well, hello there and good morning on a beautifully clear 25th of February at 7.03 in the morning. And we are excited because we get our little taste of spring here in the Candeliano Valley. I'm Jason. Ciao. I'm Ashley. And together we live at a little piece of paradise called Cacamone in Piobico, Italia. Uh, we're doing another one because Ashley's been bugging me to do it. I really don't think there's a lot <laughs> to talk about, but here we go. Uh, Try to stay a little more consistent. Yeah. Um, we got a little bit of that cold snap that came through the rest of Europe. It kind of dipped down to us, and we got a few days, uh, a little bit of snow. Mm-hmm. Eh, a good little, like the last hurrah, it seemed like, of winter. Um, and then right after that, the high pressure came in. And yesterday was one of those early, like late winter, early spring days where you get the taste of the next season. And it was 19 degrees at 2 o'clock. And, but, but that spring where it's, like right now, it's minus 3. So... It's that real big swing mm-hmm. where as you are outside working in the morning, you just keep just peeling, keep off peeling layers off. Mm-hmm. It is also a dangerous uh, thing to get sucked into because every year this happens to us. Uh, we get this nice little bit of uh, sunny, warm weather in February. And then sure enough, uh, March, sometimes April, we get another hit of blast of something cold. Yeah. The, so hopefully... The trees have they're swell the little buds are swelling and they they I hope they don't throw off their flowers yet during mm-hmm. this little uh, little warm snap uh, because th- th- we will definitely get a freeze. So we've been trimming the trees, uh, continuing to. Last time we were talking on the podcast, we were burning the brush. Gaji's back, and so the pyro <laughs> is a uh, pig and shit to uh, burn everything on these uh, nice, warm, dry days. And it's it's nice. It feels – it's good to get the body moving again, don't you think? Yeah, especially since last year I, – I don't know. I just feel like especially this year we don't have – we didn't have that season to where come November it was like, oh, let me just exactly. sit on my butt for two, a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't happen this year. So now I'm really ready to get into it. Uh, should we talk road? Let's give talk the road. A, give him a little road update. So last <laughs> week, uh, just real quick uh, recap. Last week, or no, maybe a month ago, uh, there was an organ, uh, someone, Pasquale. How do I start this? Whatever. Over? Okay. The, a neighbor <laughs> along our road organized a meeting with the, uh, sent out a very official letter to. Strongly worded. Strongly worded to the mayors of the five uh, communes, villages that own part of the road we live along, as well as to the uh, someone in the Regione, a consigliere della Regione, uh, Marche, and it was uh, set for February 20th. So, we went. Um, I was very excited. <laughs> I was the only female there, except for one other, like, assistant to a mayor or something. It was about how many of us locals there? Eh, 20. 20. Okay. Um, so people who live along the road or use the road frequently or have a, a holiday, ha- like a farmhouse, country house along the road. And uh, the mayors spoke first and went around and basically why they weren't going to fix our road. Do you want to jump in? And the golden piece nugget from Urbania, the mayor from Urbania who started it all off. <laughs> this was my favorite quote of the whole meeting. He gets off there and starts off and says, as government, we're not here to waste money. We're here to spend money wisely. <laughs> it was just 
and I, I almost pissed my pants because after 13 years here in Italy, I thought the job of the government was just to shit money everywhere. I thought that was exactly your job, to waste money and time. Time, so. money, uh, corruption. This is a waste of money. Wouldn't it be better if I gave it to my fr- gave it to my friend who donated to my campaign? <laughs> so that's how the meeting started off. It was like, oh, great, um, and we'll see. I'm sure nothing will really happen. Uh, everyone kind of said their two cents about the road or uh, kind of their problems with it and the safety issues and who's going to take care of it. Uh, it, it was a waste. It was, it was a, waste. a giant waste of time. Nothing. I was sitting on my hands. I wanted to talk so bad. Jason was like, keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah, we're there to listen and just be a, another body. We're not there to talk. Ashley, of course, couldn't keep her mouth shut. And at the very end, someone, someone, made, <laughs> someone made eye contact with her, probably because they could like see she was jumping out of her seat. And she decided to ramble for <laughs> I had a pincher. I had to do the pinch. Like, what do you guys do? Do you do the pinch or do you do the foot press? Oh my god! I like the the pinch because it can look like you're like being com- supportive, being supportive, but in all actuality, you're grabbing the side of the little back fat, little back fat, <laughs> twisting. <laughs> the longer she went on, so that was that. Um, they told us intend they, they were going to study the road. And- yeah, they're going to do. <laughs> They're going to do a study to see what work needs to be done for the road and how much it's going to cost and blah, and whose part is whose. And this one, I forget his name, but um, an older farmer raises his hand and goes, yeah, 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 don't worry about that. That was done six years ago. They did the whole thing. The broke it down by village and who's responsible for what and what it's going to cost and the work that needs to be done. Already done that. So... We don't wait. I thought they don't waste money in the government, they're gonna do it again. <laughs> so, who knows? Who knows? But um, there was a sp- I know we talked about the not, I talked about the nosh. There's no reason to go if there was no nosh. Uh, there was a little nosh. There was. I was so disgusted by the end that I just left. Like, I, I was third out the door. It was like, ugh, get me out of here. What a waste of time. Jason was also upset because of the road, and all the locals kept coming up to him saying they saw the video of him driving the panda in the snow. And he was the, one of the guys said, you've gone viral in Piovico. And Jason was furious afterwards. And he was like, just don't post videos of me driving off-road anymore because... I don't like people... <laughs> Knowing what I don't like social media in the fact that I I understand we use it as a tool to promote and make our business known, but I am not into putting every single thing, having everyone know my business. Oh, I took a dump today. Look, <laughs> good boy. No, I don't want eighteen people coming up to me in town and knowing that I'm doing donuts in an empty field. I just don't know why. Is it illegal? No, but. I live out in the middle of nowhere because I want to be left alone, not because I want everyone to know everything that I'm doing. That's true. (laughs) Um, Speaking of knowing everything that you're doing and social media, you do want to get involved with one aspect of something that's hot uh, right now. We need merch. (laughs) It seems like everyone's got merch. Everyone's got, everyone's turned into a, and when I mean everyone from podcasts to people with YouTube YouTube videos, everyone's got merch. Everyone's selling t-shirts. Jason doesn't want to sell t-shirts. I don't want to sell t-shirts. I think we should sell windbreakers. 80s windbreakers. Branded 80s windbreakers. (laughs) We need merch. We don't have any, any uh, branded items. We just have our apron. 
Yeah, but I'm not. Those aren't to be sold. Those, I know. You have to take a cooking class. Exactly. You have to earn them. You have to earn that. <laughs> so I don't know. We would actually, actually, I think we should get merch or the um, old school shorts from the '80s that the uh, sports coaches would wear. That are that are really high waisted but really short. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We're either gonna get into merch or cat videos. <laughs> it's one or the other. God. <laughs> Um, any other up? Oh, we, it was Gaji's birthday. So- Gaji's birthday. He is almost exactly 30 years my senior. So that would put him at 72. Uh, we went out to the coast to go to a very simple, we were one of six people in the restaurant on a Monday. This is a Gaji approved restaurant. Uh, yeah, it's a normal one. Well, you- two podcasts ago, we mentioned the hilarities at, um, Ristrante El Mare, the one that was a little too fancy for his Yeah, life. this one was much <laughs> much simpler. This is one of the the big four that we always go to. The only um interesting or funny part of that of that this lunch <laughs> was that um he, his birthday phone on Monday. So that la- the week before I was talking to him, what do you want to do for your birthday? Are we doing anything? Are you going to do you want to have a get a bunch of people together? He goes, "No, no, COVID, COVID, COVID." It's really interesting. Um, he likes to use COVID as a uh, excuse that is, you know... Only when he doesn't want to do something. Yeah, he uses it to his advantage. So if he wants to do it, screw COVID. We're, we're going. Like, there's no mention of it. But if he really doesn't want to get together or to do some activity or something... Oh, no, no, no. COVID, it is, COVID is rampant right now. <laughs> it's like, okay. So he just wanted it to be the four of us. And... Um, he said early in the week, well, I said, your birthday falls on a Monday. That's not good for restaurants in general. Um, so per- above all, uh, fish. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, you're right. Um, I go, okay, let's do it. Uh, we'll do it Tuesday or Wednesday. So he says, okay, great. Then comes- He also goes on to say that a birthday lasts 365 days. You just changed... Uh, so you have all year to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then, then he's an adult and we can do it two days later. Then here comes Friday ring, night. Ring. Friday night for our usual evening phone call. And uh, he says, oh, oh, what are we doing? When are we going to lunch for my birthday? I go, I don't know. You want to go Tuesday, Wednesday? What, what day do you want? He goes, I work Tuesday. I go, okay, let's go Wednesday. No, 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 no. Let's go Monday. Monday's my birthday. We should go Monday. <laughs> I go, I thought we talked about the fish and the uh, uh, fish. There's no good fish, and most of the two of the four, two of the three restaurants we want to go to are closed. Ah, I know, I know, I know, but it's Monday. We're going Monday. It's like fine, we'll go Monday. So it's just a typical Godster. Wait, but tell them what Rosanna did. So at the restaurant, Gaji was totally fine. Rosanna ordering. Oh, <laughs> it's never. This was Rosanna. We ordered spaghetti. Uh, with vongole, with little tiny tiny clams. If you've ever been to Italy, you've probably had spaghetti vongole. They're they're very small, especially on this side of the Adriatic. Um, she asked them. She wanted the spaghetti vongole, but she wanted them to um, shell, shell all the vongole. So <laughs> the lady looked at her and was like, "Uh," and she was. <laughs> We'll do our best. <laughs> it's just not something. And Gaji looks at Rosanna. Well, they all kind of looked at her like, what the hell what? are you talking about? <laughs> That's a big ask. This is not a fancy restaurant. Uh, P.S. Maybe she thought they had time because we were the only people in there. Perhaps. <laughs> but... Um... But you better get shelling because that's going to take a Speaking while. Speaking of shelling Vongole, Rosanna's on a kick. It must be Vongole season. She wants to meet on Friday with 10 kilos of Vongole to shell and put away. 
put so in jars. Put and in freeze. jars, exactly. And Gaji poo pooed that because he said there's sun out, there's sun, good warm weather, and we're not going to waste time <laughs> showing Bongoli. So, <laughs> it's up right. to you two. We're down for whatever, but uh, we'll keep you posted how that goes. <laughs> um, any other updates? Uh, updates. Let's see. Updates. Oh yeah, the garden. Ha. Ah. So um, we planted fava beans and peas and garlic. Garlic we planted up here by the house in the raised beds. Fava beans and peas went into the field. Oh yeah. Before, right before the the they both sprouted pretty early, like right after Christmassy. I saw little sprouts, and I was worried that the hard frost from the the upcoming winter like january february's real winter uh would burn them all and and um and destroy them so i thought the great idea would be to put a little straw on top to give them a little insulation mm-hmm. so we, did we were that. really proud of ourselves we were proud of ourselves we did it right before like a, a rain came so it really sat set in good well i go to check them yesterday thinking huh i haven't seen them like pop up through the straw and now everything else is kind of bl- starting to bloom Let's see what's going on so I peel back, I don't know, a couple few meters of the straw covering the rows and nothing. All I hear is, oh, no. Nothing. Like, not, not like, dead or, like, proprio nothing. Nothing. And I go, what Like, the hell? as if they were empty. Like, it was empty. <laughs> and I start, I start peeling more straw back. And I see every 25 centimeters where there should be a pea plant or a fava plant or whatever, a hole. A little hole. And I go, oh, shit. Do you know what happened? We pr- we provided the most optimal place for the voles to travel underneath the straw and nice and warm and munch out on all of our vegetables. There is a hole every every 25 centimeters for 50 meters all the way down my garden. We just gave them like a winter A winter wonderland, a buffet, <laughs> and they're all gone. Everything, nothing, not a pea, not a fava bean, and we are on the 26th, 5th. Uh, February. So I'm going to try to replant them this weekend and see if that works. Normally, we throw down that uh, fava beans, garlic, peas, and a couple other things in the autumn, and they just sprout for fall, but or I'm sorry, for spring. But we'll see. Maybe they just come a little later. Well, that's a perfect segue because we threw out a Ask Us Anything on Instagram and got quite a few questions, and one of them was basically related to that they didn't lose their veggies but they had forgotten or didn't get a chance or whatever to plant um garlic and fava in the fall and we're wondering if they could do it now so we're gonna try we're gonna try we'll we'll (laughs) let you know in two months okay but again it depends on your your growing zone so just because it works for us here does or doesn't work for us here doesn't mean it can't be possible where you live true they were in southern italy so We'll see. Um, all right. So, like I said, we didn't ask us anything. Jason <laughs> likes to say there's no dumb questions, but there are. <laughs> so, we'll see how this goes. I'll just run through these. A lot of them okay. are just repetitive. What? Uh, this one's a bit for you, obviously. What's the most difficult food you've learned to make here? Would it be a porchetta, cheese, bread? Those were their questions, but it wouldn't probably be any of those. No. the mo- Not difficult, but the... Um... Changing the way you cook and the way you think about the food, food in general and the kitchen. Um, I know it's cliched, but eating with the seasons and and being simpler and, and less is more. That's really, though, it took me a good couple of years to wrap my head around. Um, simple is better. And when you have the best ingredients that are picked at the height of their season, all you're going to do is screw them up by by 
play, doing more things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just cooking it properly and seasoning it properly, and that's all you need. Whether it's a steak or a piece of fish or even vegetables, you can't do better than just slicing them up, olive oil, salt, and pepper, and eating them. So that's not the hardest, but definitely the biggest. Uh, it's just the change of uh, mentality. mentality. Favorite beach towns nearby? Well, if you listen to the podcast, we know you know we love Fano. That's about the way we drive 45 minutes, just under an hour from our place. Straight shot to the Adriatic Sea. But it's not the best beach in the area. Correct. So some people like to go um, a little bit south to Senegalia. Um, if you continue along the coast south... Um, south of Ancona. So now in court from us, we're starting to get a bit further away. Um, but now you start to see Numana and Sorolo, and these are more dramatic coastlines of the cliffs. You've got to kind of hike not, down. It's not a beach, though. That's what I was going to say. You kind of have to hike down to little inlets versus out here along our stretch of the Adriatic. It's a big sandy or stony flat beaches. Um, we did go in the fall to San Benedetto del Tronto in the south of La Marque and loved that. That was a gorgeous, big, um, sandy beaches with big promenades. That was a cool place where I think um, we spent a night there, and I thought I'd what, go back for sure. Where, where was my um, where was my surgeon's office? Uh, Mar? Oh, just north of there. Yes, that was really cool. Too. Where's the? It's where the? Um, no, it's. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I have to look it's that where up. The, it's where the racetrack is. Yes. <sighs> Hold on. You you stall. I'll look this up. I actually will look this up. I'm standing in front of a computer. Okay. Someone asked, um, how do we keep? How do I keep my girlish figure? I'll answer that one. Well, funny you should ask. It's not that girlish right now. <laughs> um, normally, in all honesty, our weight swings. Uh, we would joke early on that it was more of a bear diet where we would eat fruits and berries and uh, veggies all summer and then hibernate and just kind of pig out all winter. Um, those swings are harder as you get older to burn off. Misano Adriatico. There you go. Misano Adriatico. That is a cool area. Because they have the, um, they have a racetrack right on the other side, right on the other side of the autostrada. Um, where is the name of that racetrack? It's famous for um, MotoGP. Yeah, the, the um, MotoGP is the motorcycles. Motorcycles, like the like the Valentino Rossi motorcycles. So their town has money because they have lots of races every day or every year. And when you go to the beach, there's waterfalls. Uh, the, the the beach promenade, like the walk. The Lungo Mare is great. It's much nicer than anything mm-hmm. that we All have around here. All of the here. hotels and the little um, they, apartments they are just money. swankier. Yeah, like money. all the stuff at Fado is sweet because we like it, but it look it's definitely dated. <laughs> it's not like a, a you know Mediterranean style place. They call it the Riviera Romagnolo. It's pretty. Um, it's. If you're looking on a map, look for Catolica, and it's just north of Catolica. Oh, it's called the Misano World Circuit. Oh, for the racetrack? Yeah, Marco Simoncelli. Never been. Want to go. We, I know. We were going to try to go last spring, but oh. COVID. <laughs> uh, so the girlish figure part is, um, I, I kind of would joke about this before, but I realize now that we aren't working. Aren't working? <laughs> that we're on our feet a lot. 
We can eat a bunch because we are constantly running around. Um, also, I try not to always eat all of the stuff from the cooking classes. I sit down with all the guests to enjoy the meal that has been made through their efforts. Um, but in all honesty, sometimes I do more talking than eating um, because it's like, how many more times can I have this same pasta or this, uh, you know, whatever it may be. But I think we really are active uh, is the main part. We're constantly on our feet, constantly running around and all day long from 536 in the morning, you're rocking and rolling, take a nap and you're back on your feet going through till dinner. But this last year without guests, not so much. And the pounds have stuck on a bit longer. So it's time to get <laughs> our fat bodies moving. So good question. <laughs> What's another one? Um, they're just kind of repetitive. I'm not answering that one. Come on. Well, what do you want me to come on here? You obviously had ones you are, we don't have to answer everyone and I'm not answering any political. I'm not going to get into a political debate. All right. Quick one. What's the tractor situation? We had talked about that before. It did not happen. <laughs> uh, they ran out of tractors. It was a shit show. Last one. Um, do we plan to stay in Piopico? Would love to. Don't know. It, we're I, I feel at home here, but who knows? Never say never, and I will never say it's not going to happen because Murphy will make you look make you wrong. So there we go. Um, and that was the last one. Oh, you, unless there's one that's actually worth answering. I guess Jason's over the questions. We'll save them for another podcast. Well, look at them. Half of them. I'm looking at all of them. They're, half of them we've answered on podcasts before. I'm not going to get into a political discussion uh, or, or anything. I'm not touching anything like that. So give me um, one. No, we've never interviewed any other uh, expats or f- guests on our show. I'm just throwing out the ones. It could be interesting. Yes, it could. Uh, but if you listen to us regularly, we're pretty inconsistent and we don't put a whole lot of pre-planning into these. And I don't want to, if I was on vacation, the last thing I would do is want to have someone stick a microphone in my face. This is true. Um, one other person asked about if there is in Italy, rural employment exchange in Italy for room and board. That is more of like a woofer situation and you would have to contact a place directly. Um, it happens. What you would most likely need to be prepared for is to speak Italian and be prepared to work. Um, I know of someone who was pumped up to do one of these work exchanges at a vineyard and couldn't wait and just thought this is going to be so ideal. Wanted to get into the wine industry and um, learn more about it. And within like the first day or two was emailing us if she could come back to our place because... They're making me work here. There's a lot of work involved. <laughs> she wasn't quite happy with her accommodations she was given so if it's something that you're interested in we definitely tell this to the side of the people who are hosting you to do this as well uh do lots of like zoom interviews skype things to get to know each other you're living with these people um on either side of the situation so you better feel comfortable and understand what you're getting yourself into and also my definition of work and your definition of work might be two totally different things Mm -hmm. we hustle Mm-hmm. If you're gonna, if I'm gonna take you on, you're gonna, I'm gonna get my pound of flesh. So we've had ones where, <laughs> over the years, where people send us like these kind of um, 
looking for, for work exchanges and include their lists of wants or can'ts or things they'd like to do. Listen, if you're coming here, you do what oh, I want yeah, you to exactly. do. Exactly. No, you're not going to give me a list of. I'd like to stay for free, and here's what I won't do. <laughs> I would really like to do these aspects, but I'm not so much interested in these aspects. It's like... You're going to shovel shit, man. You're going to do the things that I don't want to do. Especially when you're writing these emails unsolicited. We have never once requested. Uh, So, um, two other ones really quick. Yes. um, Recommend going in Northern Italy. I want to answer this one because we love going up north the alto aldj up to the dolomites don't um forget the mountains are gorgeous we haven't explored as much the como and that side western side the west side but borders france and Mm -hmm. switzerland um we've driven through it a couple times exactly but we really like the other side it um from our place up there it's kind of a how long of a drive six that's what i was gonna say okay so it's a trek but um Go to the mountains. Um, the other, the last one we'll answer for today is about Wi-Fi, and that early podcasts we talked about struggles with Wi-Fi and what we ever, what our solution ever was, and no. if we got Sky or anything like that. No, we don't have Sky. We have another satellite service. It's part of the exchange of living in the countryside. You're just not going to get fast internet. Um, we don't have television. Either. No, we don't have a television. We don't have a uh, fixed phone line. We don't get – and a lot of signals that are um, ground-based don't make it out here. So, uh, <laughs> Including cellular? <laughs> we have been like – Oh, did you see Tim come by yesterday? No. Oh, yes. I did see the yeah, car. Yeah, they, they were going to fix the whatever. Something broke uh, Something broke at the end of the, the valley cellular-wise, cellular signal-wise because we have not had a cell signal for a week. Nope. Yesterday – Three Tim Telecom Italia Mobile. Uh, that's the big cell phone company here. Uh, three of their vans come racing down the road yesterday, going to the end of the valley. And about, There's like a repeater or yeah, something yeah. down there. Twenty minutes later, this one guy comes by and says, "Hey, did you see another one of these uh, red vans come by?" I said, "No." He, I go, uh, "I'll be on the lookout." And he goes, "Yeah, one guy was coming from wherever, whatever, and got lost, and I think he got <laughs> lost, and he's the guy with the part we need, so we're just oh. all sitting up there." <laughs> Typical. Well, we felt it. So the even though we've got the parabola, the satellite, it helps. But even with the cell service, um, rural living in Italy is still not easy. No, for just like r- rural living in any country. Mm-hmm. If if you really need the if you really need that that strong fast, especially in the evenings, don't live out in the countryside. Nope. Or spend the money and I mean, there's solutions. We could get repeaters and and put up. Uh, big towers and, and pull signals out of the air, but I'm, I'm not doing that. No. Well, it doesn't really matter to us as much. We got enough. We got what we need. <laughs> All right. So we'll wrap it up for today. Um, maybe I'll read a chapter of the book. We'll Don't see. Don't say that unless you're going to do it. All right. We'll save it for next time. <laughs> if there's one tag done on the end, it's a surprise. We'll see how this stick goes. Um, Jason's working on croissants and has got to get back to that. I got, yeah, I got uh, 10 more minutes. And God, she's about to show up any minute. I'm on, let's see, I'm on um, try 14 of recipe six. I don't, I've been making them every day, sometimes twice a day. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I give them a lot of them away. The chickens, <laughs> our chickens have eaten so much freaking butter dough that I think they're going to drop dead of fatty liver disease. They're definitely going to. So we got to watch that. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for our, um, sending in your questions. Thanks for listening to the short um, podcast. And we'll try to keep putting them out. There's just not a lot going on. So that's why it's hard this time of year as well. Yeah, this probably will never see the light of that. <laughs> Have a good one. Okay. Thank you for sticking around for another chapter of the untitled, unfinished, unpublished uh, book. This is These are just chapter summaries. Uh, and... As a reminder, I have not read this in years. So the first time reading this with you is the first time it's been in about five years or more, basically since I wrote it. So here we go. Chapter 29, Truffle Mania. Truffle season has officially started, marked not only by the many festivals promoting this rare and mysterious fungi, but by the cars of foragers parked in our driveway every morning. Dressed in full camouflage, not sure why that is necessary, they quietly slip into our backwoods in the early dawn with only a dog and a truffle shovel over their shoulder, not wanting the secret to be discovered. They hunt for one of the most expensive foods on the planet. Truffles are highly sought after, subterranean mushrooms found under old oak trees in France, Spain, and Italy that fetch a pretty penny. If you ask me, they kind of look like a golf ball-sized petrified poop. (laughs) It's true. There are numerous species of tartuffi, but the type worth killing for is the tartufo bianco, or white truffles, and can cost well over $3,000 a kilo, depending on the quality and season. The black truffle is much more affordable, but not nearly as pungent of a flavor or smell. And we're lucky to live in the heart of the truffle valley in La Marque. The prices are much lower for locals. Like mushrooms, truffles return to the same place year after year, so it is of utmost importance to keep your hunting spot to yourself. Some neighbors hunt truffles for passion, whereas others, it's purely for profit. Jason is flooded with requests by self-proclaimed foodies begging for truffle top dishes all year long, even though they're incredibly seasonal and lose their flavor within days of being dug up. With such mystery surrounding the truffle and recent New York Times article about their hefty price tag, many are curious how to cook it. The answer is simple. Just a paper-thin slice is all it takes. Truffles are used to finish a dish, shaped on top of a pasta, crostini, or frittata. It should never touch the heat of a pan. There is a special tool used to shave them very thinly. Think potato peeler for truffles. At the festivals, you can find loose truffles, truffle slicers, truffle oil, truffle cheese, truffle jams, truffle pasta, truffle rice, truffle salami, truffle-infused anything and everything. The purist will tell you only to buy the truffle itself. Nothing else can compare or capture the flavor shaved over the top of a pasta with butter or paper thin in a frittata. Keep it simple. The pungent, earthy flavor you want to smell. It's the pungy, earthy earthy flavor you want to smell and taste. Every weekend in October and November, there's another village celebrating these strange and famed fungi. The festivities kick off every year in our neighboring town of Apecchio. Jason and I make it our duty to hit up as many of the truffle festivals as possible, sampling the goods and mingling with the neighbors. We run into Gaggi and Maurizio strolling with their wives, Rosanna and Anna. The six of us walk together for a bit. Fusciani, his brother Alessandro, and his wife Daniela have set up their meat and cheese truck. We stop for a sample and to say ciao. As we wander about the village, we wave and nod to familiar faces. You look good. You've lost a few kilos, the pharmacist comments as we pass, noticing that we've both slimmed down considerably since moving here. It's true, but hysterical how fat we were when we first arrived that he felt like he needed to mention it. What's his name? I asked after a quick stop and chat. I can't remember to save my life, but he's the owner of the Frutavendolo, Jason replied. 
Stopping, spotting Giancarlo and Jackie, we share a local beer from Colasi, sitting, sitting at a wobbly table on a cobblestone street. We watch their kids pretend to be street performers. Even a few guests staying at our inn pass by. We smile and wave, offering to make space if they'd like to join us. It feels good, sitting here with our friends and neighbors, chatting about nothing in particular, enjoying the evening. Being seen with the locals gives us a bit of street cred with our guests as well. They see how much we've intertwined with these people and realize we just may have found the good life after all. All right, that's it for this week. And the next chapter will be an American Thanksgiving in Italy. So not quite seasonal, but that'll be the next one. All right, thanks for listening. Have a great one. Ciao, ciao. <laughs>